Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. So Phoebe, how are you? I am well, I think. I know it's only been two weeks since I've seen you. I feel like every time we catch up, it's either felt like no time at all or it's felt like the longest time ever. So if you told me that we last saw each other six months ago, I'd probably accept it. It's been one of those fortnights, shall we say. Yeah, it's it feels, it doesn't feel like two weeks ago. It feels like a lot longer, mm. actually. Yes. I mean, I think that it's nice. The days are getting brighter, but the weather has also been horrific. And then at the end of this month, we've got the clocks going forward, I always have to think. Is it forward? Yeah, it's spring forward, fall back. Can't wait. I know, me either. So yes, I've been very good. I've been very quiet. In what sense? What do you mean? Just kind of like staying at home as much as possible. Okay. um, Which has been really enjoyable. I had my family to stay at the weekend, which was lovely. And my mum and my sister came over and just, yeah. Taking care of you. Oh, (laughs) I don't know. A mentor at work always always used to say to me, take care of you. Oh, I thought you meant my family taking care of me. Before wellness became (laughs) a thing and self-care became a thing, she would always say to me, take care of you. Okay, I thought you meant that my mum and my sister had been, and I was like, oh, I, if they're listening, no offence. But I was like, my mum always loves to get her hair blow-dried by Charles when she's over. So, because my husband's a hairdresser, so she uses that as a bit of a, like, you know, and she doesn't, she isn't someone who indulges a lot in self-care, so it's a real pleasure to, like, put her makeup on for her, do her hair, all so of that. So you guys are stuff. taking care of your mum, basically. Yes. No one deserves it more, yeah. except for me. So... <laughs> Except for you. <laughs> no, but it's, I think that family time is so important. Mm, um, yes, absolutely. I've had a really crazy couple of weeks or months. It's just been back to back. Very busy with work. Very busy socially. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to quiet down the next couple of weeks, which I, I just can't wait. I need a break. Yeah, no, I know. I'm actually, I've actually booked my honeymoon. That is one exciting thing that I've oh, done. Oh, nice. Since I, so awesome. I don't know if it counts as a honeymoon. We got married 18 months ago. No, that so. does count. Um, <laughs> some people do a honeymoon like three years in so 18 months you're actually doing a we're great doing job we're doing quite well so we're going to south africa on the third of april so if anyone's got any recommendations where in south africa we're going to do the garden route so you basically you fly into south africa into cape town and then you drive all along the coast we're going to stop off at a couple of different bays we're going quite early in the year so we can't go whale watching i believe but yeah charles wants to go like parachuting or something like that so on like, april the what third Okay, hopefully you can fly because it's oh, not no, looking stop. good. Stop, I know. I was thinking that. It's not looking good. I I don't know. That is crazy how um, I so keep seeing... coronavirus that... is not looking good, basically. Yeah, yeah, sorry. In terms of trying to contain it, I don't know um, how things like flights are going to be affected. Yeah, Like at work now, we're not doing any cross-border travel. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know that it's even come up at work, although people have, have been asked to self-quarantine. What's interesting to me is... Um, and I'm sure you've seen the the kind of the tweets and Instagrams as well. But the realisation that how many people do not wash their hands just on a regular basis. Yeah. Which is why they're making such a big deal of 
washing their hands now that coronavirus is a thing. Yeah, but people just need... I mean, people are, We've spoken about it before. Yeah, like, I don't even want to get into people's personal hygiene. Like, I'm so glad my personal hygiene is really up there. But now taking extra precautions. Like, with work, they've been really on it. And we were joking that they've been a lot better than the British government. <laughs> so we get, like, alerts every day. Like, oh, updates really? all the time. Yeah, and I just think it's because the organisation is so big. Yes. And so even just with, like, UK and Ireland, we do a lot of travel between London and Dublin. Just UK and Ireland. So then think about just like a global Yes, yeah, yeah the global reach of that. Yeah. Just to touch on it before we delve into the meteor stuff. Did you see that Kate and Will were in Dublin? No, doing what? This is their like first post-Brexit tour to like cultivate Irish relations, make sure they still stay strong. But I had a little rant about it on Instagram because the royal family do this all the time. Kate is particularly bad for it, although I will acknowledge that Meghan Markle also did it when she travelled to Dublin in 2018. Unnecessary wearing of the colour green. Please stop it. This is a PSA. Do not do it. I don't even... It's obviously not tokenism because the Irish are anything but, but a minority. isn't it the national colour? What's a national colour? What's the UK's national no, colour? Green is the national colour for Ireland. No, I think that this is one of those things where like it's pure... Not e- It's obviously not virtue signalling either. It's like a pure tick the box exercise where it's like, look, green, Irish. No, but it is the Irish colour, no? I think that you can do more to show an interest in no, no, Ireland. No, you can definitely. I mean, it's very superficial. It's not, it's not a meaningful gesture, but isn't green the colour that we associate with Ireland? So the reason that green is the colour associated with Ireland... Because the four-leaf clover is green. It's in <laughs> yeah, your, but that's it's not in your, like an actual Irish thing. That that's an Irish American thing? Irish thing. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> it's in your flag. <laughs> yes, but so is orange. Yeah, but nobody from Ireland wears orange. Like, you don't see no, it. Well, do you know what? Do you know what, Kate... Wear orange next time, all right? Um, I always think of green when I think about Ireland. You do think of green because Ireland, one of the things about Ireland is 40 shades of green because there's so much greenery because of the the climate and the trees and, you know, how fruitful the land in Ireland is. Mm. However, you don't need, like, to wear green. It's like the equivalent of the example I used on Instagram, showing up in France and wearing like a Breton top and a beret and a little red kerchief around your neck and just like carrying a baguette. It was so funny, but not funny, but there was, I think it was after like a terrorist attack in France and then there was a march that happened and then all the presidents of Francophone African countries went to France and then the president of Benin wore like blue red and like white wore the french really flag <laughs> colors and it was so cringe and we were all like See, why so it reminds me of that we were like why is he doing this 100 percent. and it's like do you know if he went to mexico and wore like a little sombrero with corks hanging yeah, off the rim of course, yeah. like it's, it's so cliche. lazy it's very lazy and it is very cliche my only point is that i also think of green when i think about Ireland. i know but the thing is as well what i would argue is that Politically speaking, you are not required to think of Ireland any deeper than that. Do you know what I mean? Don't come on post-Brexit tour and not bother to wear any Irish designers. Mm -hmm. And literally your only kind of tick the box here has been that you've worn as many different colored green items as you possibly can Mm -hmm. in one fucking outfit. The stuff she's wearing doesn't even match. Yeah. It's like, and then every time Kate Middleton is in Ireland, I have to watch this woman hold a pint of Guinness as though she actually would ever drink it. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? 
it's, it's super cringe. Anyway, I mean, personally, I have blocked those people out. <laughs> I have no interest. The media is trying to force Kate down my throat. Yes. I have no interest in this lady. I don't find her charming. I don't find her interesting. I'm done with them. Also, so I didn't see this. I missed this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could have spoken about it all day. But anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. I find it offensive is probably too strong a word. I find it exasperating. Please show a little bit more interest in the culture of the country that you are going to, especially if you are going on a photo opportunity tour. If you're interested- It also, sorry to cut you off, it also reminds me of when Justin Trudeau and his family went to India. Oh my God, and they all wore this? And they started like wearing saris and like really hardcore cultural appropriation, but it was Mm -hmm. so shallow. Yeah. And that it was like a huge fail. People were like, this is not cool. It's so virtue signaling when you do things like that. And I would argue that the Trudeau move was worse because it's very like, look at us, honor your culture. Like Kate Middleton didn't even do that. She was just like, oh, I heard you like the color green. Yeah, I think for for Justin Trudeau's would be perceived as worse also because people hold him to a higher standard. Yeah. Like I don't even expect anything from Kate Middleton. I just don't expect anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I do not expect her to actually go to I Ireland mean, and make a genuine connection. Well, nor do I. Uh, to be clear, I often feel like it might seem that because I focus on the sartorial aspect of it, it feels like it might be harder on Kate Middleton. William is just as bad, like showing up in a fucking green tie. Like, please spare me the beigest of men. Like, oh, he wore a green tie. He wore a little green tie. Oh, this is bad. Like, do you know what I mean? Okay, it's yeah, so... yeah. I'll see and if then I can there's Google all these that. pictures of him, he and Kate, with um, the president of Ireland and his wife. And they're not wearing green. There's no green on any of their outfits <laughs> ever, like anywhere. And it's just kind of like, oh, but it's good that, you know, yeah. the folk from Britain were able to remind us what colour we all like over here. Anyway, enough of that. What have you been up to? So I've been watching Love is Blind. That's what I've been up to. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. The number one show on Netflix right now, or it Mm -hmm. was a few days ago. That show was crazy. It really consumed me for like two days. Oh, did you did you binge it in two days? Well, I watched because I watched it after most of them had been released. I watched about five episodes Mm -hmm. and then I just kind of fast forwarded the middle part. And then it was all about the finale for me. So I watched the first few episodes fully and then just kind of like fast forwarded got you. until the final. And so they all got married at the very last. Have you watched it? So I will be honest. I watched the first couple. I basically did what you did. I watched the first episode in its entirety. Then I was kind of like yeah. dipping in and out, but I didn't watch all the way to the end. Okay, so you don't know who made it down the island, who didn't make it down no, the island. No, I, I do because I got that information. I gleaned that information, but I didn't see the actual weddings. Okay. I, like After the first episode, the only people that I was in any way interested in were Lauren and Cameron, which I do believe has been the general consensus from social media. Yeah, I think they eclipsed the other couples. Oh, 100%. Now, I hated it in the first episode. It was really difficult for me to get into. So just for context's sake, I'm actually going to read out the message that I sent to Juliet because Jules has said, are you watching this? It's really good. When Charles and I sat down to watch it, we were maybe 10 minutes in and Charles said to me, you got a message, Jules. We must be watching the wrong thing. There's no way Juliet watches this show. And I had to be like, 
Juliet, are we are we watching the right thing? This is the worst thing I have ever seen. Charles would not accept it. And then obviously once we got to the end of the episode, because my husband is in love with love, he was so invested in Cameron and Lauren that he literally said straight away, Okay, go to the next episode. I gotta know what happens now. I gotta know how they how they get on. So No, but that's the thing, because my husband heard about the show on a podcast, so he loves the Joe Budden podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, I heard the show is good. And then we watched it and at first it is like a bit cringe. Oh my God. It's very, very, very cringe, right? But for those of you who haven't watched the show, I don't know what Rocky Randa or heard of the show. Essentially, it's a social experiment. So you speak to people of the opposite sex and the question is, is love blind? So if we take away the social construct, like looks, class. Jobs, jobs, I guess, because you're not having dates in any kind of a real way. Yeah, so if we take away all of those social constructs, can people fall in love? And once we actually see each other and get into the real world, can that relationship actually exist in the real world? And so they're going on all of these dates, but they're never actually seeing each other. And this is one thing that I found really interesting with some of the women on this show, this sexy baby voice that a lot of them did. Oh my God. So Jess definitely had, and Jess ended up with um, Mark. The 24-year-old. There was a significant age gap between them. There are spoilers here, guys, but at this point, like, Well, I want to discuss the whole thing because, just as a concept, right? So Mm -hmm. if you intend to watch the show, like, yeah, maybe don't listen, but... I don't think, yeah, it's not like it's going to be a twist here. Yeah, it's not a deal breaker. But basically, Jess fell in love with Mark. No, Jess liked Mark from the beginning. I was going to say, let's not say fell fell in love. love. (laughs) She liked him from the beginning. She did like him. Yeah. They did connect. Right. From the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. But then she also liked Barnett. Who, I mean, we'll come back to him in a second because I've got some thoughts on him. Yeah, so blah, blah, blah. She ends up with Mark. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing, because when you look at like Jess... And they start talking about their personal lives. Like she had like a really tough upbringing. Like the dad walked out. Right. And it always affected her that like, wow, my dad didn't stick around. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about like, oh, Mark. Like I think somebody was saying like, oh, he, you know, he's just kind of overdoing it. Like why is he forcing her to, To why is he still keeping at this relationship when she clearly wasn't as interested as he was? But then when you go back and look at his family, his family were like, he's close to his family. Mm -hmm. His mom was like, I have no issue with him being with somebody older. They were Mm -hmm. also supportive. And I was like, if you meet his mom and you see his family, you see why he has that spirit, why he believes in love in the way that he does. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jess is more like, she's got a lot of barriers Mm -hmm. and a lot of ideas around the kind of relationship she thinks that she should have. Right. And even she said that she was always going for guys where she knew what, like she's, self-destructive to a certain extent right Right. i don't know if you watched enough to gather that now a lot of it comes out in the first episode like you can see that some people have super insecurities yeah and some people jessica is a prime example and i'm gonna keep going back to lauren and cameron but lauren was very kind of prepossessed like she knew herself she Mm -hmm. but what was interesting to me is seeing things like mark so mark is 24 years old i think jessica's 34 years old so there's a a decade in the difference between them whatever like yes yes and no that can be a big deal but also who at 24 is going on a show to be like i gotta get married do you know what I mean? Like, it was interesting to me that, like, a kind of a theme of the show seemed to be, like, these people have had it up to here with 
the superficiality of the dating game and now they're ready to really like get down to brass tacks yeah but everyone's different like i think that you do have people that maybe like you have people that get married at younger than 24 oh not even that like get but he was saying that he, he, want, he was saying how like, like he's had his fun he's like i've partied i've had my fun i want to meet a girl and this could be a cool way to do it yeah i guess he wasn't if you like oh this is like my a- last opportunity to find love <laughs> but he was like yeah sure why not yeah okay well i have more time for that i guess than like the premise of some or the vibe from some of the contestants did really seem to be like oh my god you know last ditch attempt i've tried everything else in the book so why not try this as well people have tried phoebe i think because you have a relationship like you're quite young and you're married no for sure it's not meant to be dismissive in that respect 34 and with no idea of who you're going to end up with like it is actually something that people think about no i'm wave on them i'm with you but i feel like this is such an extreme oh no for sure but this is it like it's such an extreme thing for these women to go through and then i felt like say but what's the difference between this and the bachelor this and this there's so many formats like this is not like the first time people have done this type of show not married at at first sight like i know now what i will say is i'll preface this by saying i don't actually have a television so i've got a laptop obviously i've got netflix but i don't tend to watch things that frequently so i've never seen the bachelor i haven't seen the bachelor i I think i might have seen seen any of these shows but i definitely know that they exist of course and i'm not picking this out as like the the only bad example of this but I just thought it was interesting in the example of Barnett. Mm. And I think he was playing around with or stringing along both Amber and Jessica for a while. And this man is about as funny as terminal cancer as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like the bar is so low sometimes oh, yeah, for what is funny. By but even if Mr. you look at Barnett, right? Barnett, and you didn't get that far, but like when you go to see Barnett with his family, mm-hmm. he is like the not the fuck up of the family <laughs> but like he's not like the brains of the family like he brother right. like worries about him like uh-huh. it, bro is this really like the best decision his family are quite conservative okay and so it was so interesting with him and amber well she's obviously like crazy do you know what i mean she's, that was yeah, her whole but kind she's of super shtick. overcompensating for just like a lack of education and a disorganized right. life right okay and so she's trying to be that fun cool girl yes yeah, right? yeah, yeah. but it pays we- off because her and barnett actually do hit it off but when but when they went to the for me i was just interested in when they met and when they met each other's families and when they were at the mm-hmm. aisle so when she went to barnett's house and she's like oh great this is our house now oh what? and then she was like so you know she doesn't work she's been working for a while she's been couch wow. surfing and he's literally like okay he said so typically how much do you work she's like when i want she's like i don't she said wow. something like she doesn't work to Live. work to live she, she doesn't oh, no, live, she live to, to work. work she lived right some, work to live or something she, like that like i was like that's white privilege i've never heard that before i was like <laughs> i can't imagine saying that to somebody and they want to marry me no for sure i can't imagine and then when she went to his house he was like oh i hope she's happy here like i hope it's enough for her type of thing and then they go to her house and he said oh wow she's really from a rough area he said i don't know why i was even thinking if, wow. if, that she would be bothered about my house that's crazy because she's from like a rural one horse town kind of place yeah kind of rough mm-hmm. looking like okay what i would think of like the rust belt in the u.s okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm with uh, you kind of type of situation whereas he his, his family looked more like all american 
So what I thought was interesting, like in the first instance, and I think that you kind of touched on this when you were initially talking to me about it, is the kind of persona that you initially present when you want to, and I think women do it more than men, the the persona that you initially present when you want someone to like you. So with Barnett cracking these absolutely chronic jokes when he's first sitting with Jessica and with Amber, and they're going, oh, oh my God, you're a funny guy. I was like, I'm sorry, have they ever, do they actually think he's funny? Do you know what I mean? Like it's this whole kind of thing of, I have a theory. Go on. About did did they genuinely find him funny? I have a theory. Basically, both Amber and Jess, hearing him just felt like this sounds like the kind of guy. The assertive kind of alpha. That I should be with. Yeah, that guy who is a bad joke, but he's confident. He's Mm -hmm. flirting with them, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I don't know if it was, they genuinely found it funny, but like there was something about the way Barnett came across that they felt this is the type of guy I should be with because especially him and Jess they don't have much in common no no I know I agree with I mean from the bit of it that I watched I agree with that there Mm. I also just think it's interesting I think that often women will try to neutralize themselves Mm. because it's easier to be you know often and I'm sure that you would say the same I've been on dates before I met my husband where I didn't feel a spark with that person, but I know that they had a good time on the date because I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. So, you know, when they'd be oh, kind okay. of... So you think that's why they were like laughing because they're trying I to make think, him feel... I think that they would like, that they funny. were trying to make him feel good, feel funny because yeah. when someone makes you feel good, you feel positively towards them. Yeah. So it was interesting that again of the couple that I actually liked they both seemed to know themselves quite well there wasn't a performative aspect Mm. to their interaction with each other yeah Amber was definitely performing oh my god yeah but there were aspects as well so it was Diamond and Carlton as Mm. well who ended up with each other right yeah and I felt like as well I'm so sorry we're kind of jumping from one thing to another here but when Diamond was initially in some of the meetings with these people and was it Barnett who even said to her, um, you know, he kind of paused after she said her name and she said, it is my real name. And he was like, I was going to ask, what strip club do you work at? Mm. And it's like, what, where did you, what did you think was going to happen after you said that? Did you think I was going to go like, oh my God, that was really funny. But that's how the other women act. Right. Like respond to him. So so I think he he's used to women being like, oh my God. Yeah. I've never which, heard that before. <laughs> yes, You exactly. are so <laughs> funny, Barnett. This is it. She and was like, what? Get me out of here. <laughs> 100%. Like, I don't know. I... There was a lot to discuss. But anyway, I've, I've gone on a tangent yeah, here. Yeah, but I think... I think the way that people I, not yeah i think the performance initially was very interesting uh to watch so at first i was like obviously oh, so cringe but really interesting to watch also if you say the couple you like the most that didn't perform that's lauren and cameron mm-hmm. right but their openness was like really like blew me away yes yeah oh god yeah and i felt again i felt almost embarrassed that I felt negatively about it but when they said I love you and again hands up you said it yourself I got married young quote unquote but like I also fell in love with my husband really quickly like we met I literally said to my mum 
this is it. I'm definitely going to marry him. If he's not your son-in-law, I would be surprised. You know, it took us a while to get to the engagement part, but I was in love like immediately. And yet there was something really embarrassing. And I can't think of a nicer way to put it than that. Then hearing people say, I love you. And then crying about it. People were so triggered by this. I know. And I'm like, listen, I'm not proud of it, but... Yeah, people found it very uncomfortable. But like, when I met my husband, I was instantly Mm -hmm. attracted to my husband. Instantly. I'm like, get out of the way. Like, (laughs) So instantly attracted to my husband. And then it wasn't like, oh yeah, in like two weeks I fell in love with him. But I definitely fell in love with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And it didn't take me five years <laughs> no, 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 to fall in love sure. with him. But people act like, oh, you have to be with somebody for three years before you fall in love with them. And I'm like, no, I think people fall in love a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. But then we're now in a situation just socially where you date for a while, you get engaged, but that's not how it always used to be. Yeah, that's true. And in certain cultures, it's still not like this, mm-hmm. right? So one of the couples, their families met and their families were like, we can totally get it because I met your mom and like we were literally were engaged in like three months. Mm-hmm. So before yeah. the, the cycle used to be a lot quicker. I think now people just think they have so many options. They feel like if they commit to someone they meet, they're missing out on all these other options. Yeah, that that is true. And there's a lot more vernacular now that you need to know where you're like dating or seeing each other. Or yeah, you're it's just up been and- made very complicated. And I, I really... I think for me, I I was into the Lauren and Cameron thing because they were both into each other from the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't a situation where she was going off to the girls and she was confused about which guy she liked. Mm -hmm. He was like, I found the girl that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so simplified, Mm -hmm. you know? And obviously for her, she had her doubts kind of like, oh my gosh, am I really going to go and get married? This is a big step. Like Mm -hmm. my life is going to change. I'm going to lose my independence. But like was still very much committed. Yes. You know, and Cameron was all in. Yeah, no, he he really was. And he seemed really sweet and he seemed really genuine. Although I did think it was funny, like in the initial part. I mean, firstly, everyone is attractive on this show, right? Guys, if you haven't watched it, like I would encourage you to watch the first part of it, at least, where you can see that everyone is, there's no one ugly. And so it was funny that when Cameron's speaking initially, he's a scientist and he's going, you know, in his kind of soliloquy, his monologue to the the camera. He's like, you know, people are often surprised when they hear that I'm a scientist. And it's like, you mean because you're attractive? You, is that what you're trying to say? Is that Are these the lines that we're supposed to read between? Like, people are blown away that someone as good looking as me is also smart. And it's funny because you're not used to hearing men say things like that. Oh, the people are surprised that I'm a scientist. No, but you know what I mean? Like you're you're used to the kind of the gender blindness when it comes to an attractive woman. And it's like, and she's smart. Yeah, yeah, After no, ellipses, true. like. Yeah, no, it's true. It I was, felt like Cameron was, it, I felt like he was, I don't know, he's so sweet. I don't, I don't, I mean, he's an attractive guy. I don't think he's like jaw droppingly attractive. So attractive, <laughs> no. he could not be a scientist. No, right, I know. <laughs> so like... attractive, we have to put him in a museum and people should pay to Everyone look at saying, him. Everyone kept saying, why are you a scientist when you could be a model? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't. I don't he's... think he's that attractive. <laughs> but then none of them were. As ever in a show like this, none of the men were as good looking as the women were. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if, 
fucking give me a metaphor for life women coming in absolutely done up to the nines beautiful from hair to nails to toes to whatever spanks and everything in between and the men are there in fucking board shorts and a t-shirt yeah yeah. not all of them and not all of the time but truly i was like oh my god yeah but another another or a a controversial part of the show though was the whole carlton coming out as bisexual after Mm -hmm. he proposed yes i did watch that part so what did you think about that i honestly and i watched it with my husband as well and honestly what we both thought was listen it's easy to say obviously but you're making a mountain out of a molehill if someone's gonna cheat they're gonna cheat like what's the issue here with making a mountain out of a molehill maybe that's too flippant i felt that diamond was in her reaction they kind of i don't think i know you i mean obviously you don't know him. you met like two weeks ago like what level of don't know you are we talking about here i didn't think and again it's easy to say but i don't think that that would bother me quite honestly because he's making the choice to be with you so basically if somebody proposes to you and then after they were like so i'm bisexual that would not bother you i don't know if it's fair to say it wouldn't bother me but ultimately at the end of the day what is the part that bothers me about it i don't know if this is a cultural thing because i don't know if it's because like maybe you're white maybe <laughs> and in, and in also, white culture maybe this is like but also maybe it's because okay. my husband is a hairdresser which is stereotypically more effeminate career and so like i oh, thought I my husband know, was gay when i met him anyway a lot of men are hairdressers a lot of famous men are hairdressers yeah. but like when you think about my hairdresser is a man so for sure but what i mean is like when you think about hairdressers you think about it being you think about women and hair is what you think about i thought my husband was gay when i met him so the fact that he was into girls was a bonus for me, obviously. But yeah, maybe I it is. I don't know if it's cultural because there's no way like from a... And somebody said it to me once. They were like, black women need to just be a bit more open because mm. somebody who I know who's a gay guy said to me that black women need to be more open. Right. And then there'll be less men being down low. What does, <laughs> sorry. What does down low mean? Down low means when you're gay undercover. Oh, okay. God, okay. Right. Because Would have never gotten there. <laughs> Would you? You've never heard of the term down low? No, not like that. No. I would have assumed that that had something to do with cheating. Okay, no. Okay. There's sorry. a whole thing down low. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. Men who have sex with men, but don't say they're gay. Right. I don't know if you know about this stuff. There's a range, girl. <laughs> There's a range. You got. You need to get up to speed with the range. There's a whole range. But no. But the range you're and talking about here is covert, right? Like the the no, idea men who have sex with men. Uh-huh. They're called MS something. Men sex men something like this. Please <laughs> <laughs> remind me, listeners. But they wouldn't say they're gay. They don't identify right, as okay. homosexual. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I'm just like so basically <laughs> within their culture and these, this is a black couple mm-hmm. so I would have loved to see it with another couple and how it plays out right okay as a black couple it was interesting because he was saying he was like oh but no one else has ever said this is a big deal and then she said well if it wasn't a big deal why didn't you tell me before and when he told her mm-hmm. her face her body had so much empathy towards him yeah and so for me, understanding what he said was such a big deal. Right, right, right. Okay. What what she said is like a black woman's nightmare. Right, right, right. Okay. She 
treated him with so much empathy initially just like oh my gosh you know like that's hard really like and then she was trying to speak to him and then, mm-hmm. i don't know what she said but he completely flipped and now, became very defensive yeah so i was like wow and also in the scene she completely broke down afterwards mm-hmm. so she wasn't treating him badly but so she was trying to have a conversation about it is, is she didn't even part- fully reject him but it's part of the issue here that like what we're conflating or what's being conflated is bisexuality and homosexuality no bisexuality is still something that i would expect my partner to tell me yeah for sure but i guess like propose to me what we're talking about here is it not like you're talking about a situation where the expectation is that they're they have to propose to each other to even see each other face to face yeah but people were talking about themselves their life their family if being bisexual is not a big deal why wouldn't you say that's what what you are I agree, I agree. But also I don't think that we can be like, oh my God, he didn't tell her until after they got engaged. Well, fucking hell. He, she probably doesn't know what way he voted in the 2016 election. Yeah, but that's the thing. Someone voting, the way they vote is not the same as their sexual preference. No, but it and- does give an idea as to who they are what's important yeah. to them, what they believe yeah it does and then maybe down the line if she found out like okay yeah maybe ideologically we're not aligned it's not going to work mm-hmm. but something very specific happened and yeah. there was a lot of reaction around this where people were saying oh it's like biphobia right i mean i think maybe because it's so it's something that's so not important to you yeah that you it, can't see for sure how from a different cultural perspective this is something that is really important no, I'm, and I'm sure that that is the case. And also it's very easy for me to say, oh, it wouldn't bother me knowing that I've not been in that situation and not I've having I've never to, been in this situation. T- no, but what I mean is like, it will it will never happen to me because if I find out now, <laughs> I'm married anyway. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I, I think, don't... so basically if you do not experience something personally, you cannot think about it from somebody else's perspective. Well, I guess what I'm saying is or because I- Or you're not I, at risk of experiencing something, you can't see in terms of that context they're both from atlanta there's a atlanta has like one of the highest hiv mm-hmm. rates like in the us um there's a lot of issues around like down low culture i.e black men not feeling like they can express what their sexual preferences are and then leading double lifestyles right but also what you're so that's giving the context to me there of it. so that's in why context people... is context that i've never heard before so it's obviously easy for me to say yeah it, it wouldn't bother me because i live a life where i've been fortunate enough to not be raised in such a way that that sexuality has a negative connotation in that way so it's not that i don't have empathy for either of them or for both of them because i can imagine that it was incredibly hard for him to share that i can also imagine that it was hard for her to hear it However, it's hard for me to get to the point where I have the cultural context of being like, this is how damaging that was for her to hear. Because well, I, think I just it was, can't... I don't know. I think for me, I can look at this as someone who's... I'm not American. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a bisexual partner. I've, I've never been in this situation before. I can look at it from both of their perspectives. And I feel like for Carlton, he was very brave to express that on the show. He didn't mm-hmm. need to express that on the show. For me, it was interesting because Carlton has been on like Real Housewives of Atlanta, right? And he was right. clearly a gay guy and a mm-hmm. gay friend on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, right? It wasn't like a bisexual, you know, it wasn't really clear, but he was definitely performing as like, I'm a gay guy and that mm-hmm. gay friend and serving up all that stuff, right? On Real Housewives of Atlanta. 
And then he was saying that, oh, I'm a preacher's kid. And I'm at that point now where I want to find a wife. And so when we think about performance and we think about people feeling like they should be with a certain partner, I felt like in his mind, Diamond fits the kind of woman that he would like to be with if he was to settle down Mm -hmm. and have a heterosexual relationship. So that's a great point. And that was another thing that I was going to say. You know, when you talk about being bisexual how are you able to just turn around and be like but now it's time for me to have a wife yeah like is it that you're closing that chapter on your sexuality Uh, and to so consciously be like it's not that it's this woman I want to marry and to make my wife it's that I want a wife and this is the woman who can be that yeah so there was a kind of a red flag there, right? Like, if nothing else. Also, before this happened, like, in the early stages of the series, I said to my husband, this guy's a dickhead. Like, he was so overtly misogynistic. And you then realise maybe that that's, like, a part that he's choosing to play. This is what he thinks, like, a quote-unquote straight man is like. Because he was so critical and nasty in in a very overt way about a lot of the women he was speaking to yeah but it's kind of like oh okay well had you just decided to put that cap on yeah exactly so. and when he came out he was also you know if you think <laughs> about some of the girls just saying stuff that they think men want to hear i'm not like other girls i'm one of the guys mm-hmm. i'm really athletic yes. i want to run around all day you know i felt like when he met diamond he was performing yeah and just saying things like the sound of like some some rap song he just heard or like (laughs) and it was it was just like super cringe for me and i think that carlton's story and what happened with carlton and diamond is like for me it's a really really important storyline in that show and it also reminded me of the show on Netflix. So that NFL player, Aaron Hernandez, I don't know if you know who he is. I didn't watch it. Yeah, but I so I haven't watched the show, but I saw an interview with his wife and, you know, people say to her, oh, so what did you think about all the rumours around his sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Because Aaron Hernandez allegedly was down low. Right. And she was crying and she was like, I wish that like he knew like I would always love him. Like that's not a reason right. why I wouldn't love him. Mm-hmm. And so... It's really an important thing because if people don't have that space where they feel like they can be themselves, it can lead to like really toxic and destructive behavior. The Aaron Hernandez situation is like really, really extreme example and quite complex and not just about his sexuality. Mm -hmm. But if you look at like Carlton and just like how he was reacting and how disrespectful he became, he clearly has experienced a lot of trauma around not being able to authentically be, be authentic himself. about his sexuality mm-hmm. and so i don't know i'm interested in what our listeners think i don't know if this is just like a cultural thing because i know culturally as a black couple that's a very very difficult conversation right. so i know that i'm thinking that it must be because they're black <laughs> because if it's like not something that would ever like i'm thinking if it's because they're black like our white couples like (laughs) rolling around in like the bisexual heterosexual rolling around like having fun is that not a difficult conversation when it comes to your sexuality but the point that i was kind of trying to make there perhaps inarticulately is that if you were to find out a partner was bisexual if i was to find out that a partner was bisexual after we had been together like at the end of the day well, we're talking about getting married now. Like, Carlton and I are engaged. So 
my thought process behind it would be from this point onwards it's just you and me anyway so it's not like I now have to be worried about you cheating on me with a guy because the idea is that it's you and I you know what I mean so the so ultimately what's happened in your past whether you had boyfriends or girlfriends or boyfriends and girlfriends in the past if you're making this genuine commitment to me then you're making this genuine commitment to me yeah definitely that is valid but then also it is the I don't see why it's not it. something yeah I don't see why it's something that would not be discussed yeah if it's, for sure if I'm it's with all you there. good if it's so normal if everything's fine if Diamond's just overreacting why is it not something that was brought up you told her from the get-go before. no for sure do you know what I mean and also like he was obviously very emotional when he was talking about it and I think it's always hard to see someone struggling so much to say something that you ultimately feel is a okay well let's let's move past this it he obviously mm. knew the ramifications that was going to have but as you say you've seen him in real housewives you know the way he performed at the beginning of the show then the way he performed with diamond then the way he performed with diamond in mexico it's kind of like this is a man who doesn't know himself yeah it's a man that he that doesn't know himself especially if he's saying that he's a preacher's kid that means he grew up in a christian environment Mm -hmm. and i don't know about like other christian environments but like black christian environments homosexuality and bisexuality are not mainstream Mm -hmm. cultures like it's yes seen as like outside like he must have grown up in a in a really tough environment where he couldn't really be himself and now he's thinking oh i'm just gonna have a wife (laughs) (laughs) good luck Carlton good luck with that Um, (laughs) and also I think the thing about Carlton is that he never took any responsibility like if I'm late I take more responsibility (laughs) than he takes like I was five minutes late for a workshop I had to do on Friday and I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry (laughs) Carlton was just like screw you basically yeah 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 so I think that's why I had a lot of issues with him because he took no accountability he was disrespectful and also like that's hard as well there's no winner here because diamonds had an absolute shit hand dealt to her yeah yeah. and was disrespected by carlton even when she tried as you said to be empathetic to what had happened in terms of what he was sharing with her it it was very problematic he was basically like a guy was like you're beautiful you're amazing and then when you have an issue or you like like no they're like oh you're ugly anyway bitch yeah 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 that's basically what? what he did it's like when you go oh i've actually got a boyfriend and they go and I wasn't fucking talking to you anyway. It's yeah. like, oh, they act I'm crazy. so sorry. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you're left going, oh, what was he flirting with me? Did I just think? It's so, so, so crazy. But I'm interested, like, you know, just to wrap up the Love is Blind thing, I'm interested in seeing how it plays out mm-hmm. with Lauren and Cameron. Well, they've um, been together since 2018 now. Did you know that? That's is the show a year old? That's when the show was filmed. They've been together for quite some time there was an article which i'll link to in the show notes in the atlantic that's crazy right so they've already been keeping it fairly that's nuts Mm -hmm. i mean i'm such a logistics person i'm such a planner that all i could think about when i was watching it was like is anyone going to and i know that there were couples who did have this discussion by the way guys but obviously we've focused on the glitziest of all of the couples but is there anyone going to have a conversation about oh well my career means i can't live xyz or this is where i own a house so we'll have to move here like but they were all like atlanta based 
Oh yeah, well okay, maybe that made it easier then. Yeah, just, they weren't. I'm mean, maybe living in like in different places, different but parts, like, but they were not like living on like the east coast and west coast. Okay, well that makes it easier then, I guess. Yeah, but I think Jess was like, "I'm so busy working," and I'm like, "Jess, okay, good luck. I'd yeah. love to see." <laughs> I just, I think for me, the reason why the Jess <laughs> situation bothered me, and you probably didn't watch how after when they're in Mexico she's constantly throwing herself at Barnett and he was like I'm happy oh, like what? constantly getting drunk throwing herself at him oh my goodness and then Amber was like I'm gonna have to smash her face if she oh continues. my god Amber like so well done Amber though because Amber that was a real level up because she went from like couch surfing to actually finding a guy what, and a, I think her and Barnett owner. are together Yes, they are together. Yeah, so I think that they're actually a nice couple. But guys, I always say to my friends now who are single and want to be in a relationship, there's nothing wrong with being like, I want to be in a relationship. And there's nothing wrong with looking for people in an unconventional way. I don't see anything like extreme about that, about like no, going on a show. I mean, God, a- absolutely People not. do a we're... lot crazier things. Charles was actually my hairdresser. So yeah, haven't paid for a haircut in four years but also i just think it's also important to know that marriage isn't the be all and end all and it was like yeah but that's like so i really hate when people who are married or people in relationships i i feel that way inside me i don't feel a marriage is a, a be all and end all no right? yeah for sure but i feel like it sounds it sounds so when you are married you have your person right. at home that's looking after you but what got i mean your is back, you can be and then in a relationship like, without being married the fact that like this wasn't about meeting someone and just ending up in a relationship with them the fact that it was like and you've got to get married at yeah the but end that's of the cliffhanger weeks. that's the that's, of course that's but it. What if I it's mean like oh like, yeah you're just gonna meet a boyfriend the stakes are not high what if they said you've got to get a mortgage with this person that's the kind of shit that i'd be like yes yeah i um, think you know what i think but, marriage still represents like so much it does feel like ooh, the stakes are so high yes no i agree and i understand why that was included in the premise of the show but what i mean is as well that like i was actually speaking to someone i've got a huge amount of respect for even though i wouldn't necessarily say that we're friends but she and i were speaking about it today and talking about that particular topic and when i say we're not friends it's just that we don't know each other that well but I still just think she's really cool and she was saying you know I'm a woman in my early 30s with a long-term living partner no interest in having kids and I still enjoyed like she still enjoyed the show but it wasn't like a oh and the the ring the ring eludes me but when I get the ring yeah, then but she's the, in a relationship yeah of course but what I'm saying is people are still in a relationship and being like yeah but I'll be happy when I get married you know, okay. sometimes people aren't like just happy being in the relationship or they think that. No, but they I wouldn't be happy to. being boyfriend girlfriend for 10 years. That's not the life I want to live. But some people are. And some people are. And yeah, that's completely yeah. legitimate. But some people but do they, want to get married. Do you know, like, but people and always that's ask the question. People are always like, oh, you know, wedding bells. And then when there were wedding bells, it's always like, oh, children. So I think that we need to like train ourselves out of like having the expectation of the next obvious step. Because just because it's obvious for you oh, yeah. doesn't mean it's obvious for whoever you're speaking to. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think people's lifestyles, you know, before when I would hear a woman say she didn't want to have kids, I'd be really shocked. Mm-hmm. And when somebody would be like in their 50s and not have any children and say that they were happy, I would not believe them. <laughs> I would be like, you're lying. Yeah, yeah. That's because, just what you have to tell yourself. Yeah, because for me, just like a life with no children and no partner is like, I can't even imagine. 
being happy. And I don't know if I must be so small minded, but I can't no. imagine like all my friends and like my family members, they have their own families and I'm like sitting at home. Just going on really expensive holidays. Just, like by myself. You know, I think it's tough. I I always I, feel I feel partnership is, means different things to different people, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't feel like one type of partner partnership fits all. No, but like just a solid a life of solitude is where like I struggle to get my head around that. Mm-hmm. Like one of my friends is like coming up to his fifties and he's single, and he's like I'm having to, he's like I've got no interest in like getting married again. He's like I just want to have like my plus one for like all my events and like someone I can yeah, hang out yeah, with. Yeah but he's not even really interested in like a full-blown relationship. He just wants to have like a... A companion. A companion, you know? But he's not saying, oh, I want a life of solitude. But like he's figured out in his mind kind of what works for him. I think that it's a bit like that phrase where you say you create your own family. Yeah. You know, that you, you can choose to actively surround yourself with things that you need there's a podcast called how to fail just while we talk about like other things that we've been listening to and talking about and marion keys i don't know if you know her the the Irish author, who is such a fantastically interesting and funny woman and one day we're gonna have her on this podcast too (laughs) but so she's talking on this particular podcast about her alcoholism her depression and she's saying that one failing even though she hates that she considers it a failing is that she didn't have children. And it's a really interesting look because I think sometimes we encourage ourselves to shield our language around these kind of things. Like, I don't necessarily know if my husband and I will have children, but I know that a big part of the reason that I struggle with that choice is the financial aspect of it. I love my job. I love working. I don't know if I could go to working part-time or the things that are ultimately required a lot of the time of working mothers if you can't afford full-time childcare. And so things like that play a role in our kind of choice or thought process around having children. And I feel like sometimes that's not spoken about that much. No, people talk about it. All the white women at work talk about either not being able to afford another kid. Like culturally for us, that's not like a thing. Like you don't hear African people saying, I'm not going to have a kid because I won't be able to go on holiday. I won't be able to like maintain... It's, my lifestyle yeah, yeah. but i'll sit i was with gonna my say it's not friends. that but it definitely is that for no me. but it is that like i'll <laughs> sit with like my white friends and they'll be like oh like, but also like, <laughs> it really is like a thing so when you say that is it a taboo i feel like no i feel like people are really clear about this is the standard of life that i'm used to and a kid will disrupt that that's true yeah. i feel like maybe i'm saying that with a london centric view because i certainly don't think it's an irish thing to be like oh we can't afford another kid there's yeah like mainly a- london it's always like i used to that used to be another thing that would shock me too i'd be like at work and then i'd be like oh can't afford to have another one i was like okay <laughs> i was like if my family couldn't afford to have i wouldn't be here so it's just not <laughs> no, something for sure that's why wow it's so interesting and like i just love that i'm so open to like other people's views because this is never something that would cross my mind. Mm-hmm. But I often think about like, yeah, you can think about it in the holiday aspect. Like, oh yeah, we won't get to go on like a big trip this summer. But I also just think about like being able to afford things for your kid. Like we did every activity under the sun, like 
played the piano, played the harp. We did swimming. We did. But why can't you afford stuff for your kid? Like I was basically in a position where I'm like, I'm going to get married, mm-hmm. and you know, at some point, I'm I want to have a kid. So I need to make sure I'm in a company that's got an amazing maternity package, and I need to be in an organization where women have come back from mat leave, and I'm seeing them excel within the organization. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. so specific about needing that, and then mm-hmm. I moved to an organization and to a team where I have that yeah of course but again that's anecdotal like and I'm speaking anecdotally as well but like do you know no but you but yeah obviously it's very tough for women in terms of anecdotal in sense of what you're saying that people in the UK can't afford to have kids no I'm saying that like the having the wherewithal to be like okay listen I need to find a job which has xyz and that will enable me to have children but the people who are who are not having children because they feel they can't afford to have children typically are in that position yeah that i think that of course it's this not, is an imperfect study it's not, we're just chatting it's not about people it, but i think from, you're probably it's right. not people from lower income homes that are like i'm not going to have kids because i can't go to marbella hey, or wherever they go i feel very attacked by this it's not just the holiday okay <laughs> no but you know what i mean it's not it's not that demographic really mm. it's not that demographic um it's that demographic of like and it does impact you like just like you know professional women and i have read a study where basically if you're a woman and you have your first kid or you have children before 25 mm-hmm. and after 35 then um that has less impact on the gender pay gap on your career because you have kids early enough where you can get back into the workplace okay. or you have kids late enough where you've built up some expertise okay so now i'm waiting another seven eight years before i can have kids no but i'm just saying like that that is that, a thing that, that legitimately exists that, that does like exist if somebody wants children but they're thinking i still want to make sure i'm on track mm-hmm. professionally yeah. right i always wanted to make sure like i'm on track professionally i'm contributing to my household yeah but then also a family is like something i'm definitely interested in <laughs> you know like i would be really upset if i was just like Oh, no family touching wood for you you know yes please touch the wood guys because i it's just and i, and I just don't know if it, how, how much of that is like how much of your desire is cultivated by the environment you know mm-hmm. that you've been brought up in because all of my friends who are african want kids mm-hmm. i don't think i have a friend please let me know guys i don't think i have a friend who is african and is like i don't want to have kids and then also, it would be very difficult to go and find a guy. An African if guy. If you were into someone who's from an African background to go and say, I don't want to have kids. Right. And then okay. for you to be in a family where they are like, oh, they're just going to be together. <laughs> they're going to be like, for what? <laughs> like, what are you guys going to be doing? Just looking into each other's eyes for 50 years. That's hilarious. Like, I can't even imagine. Oh my God. It's very so different funny. if you can't have children that's a yeah, very very different situation but like to make that choice and i feel like everyone can make the choice they want to be like i don't want to have kids and then oh but i'm into black guys are you gonna find a black guy where you're like i don't want to have kids let us know guys i'm very intrigued i feel like culturally i get to learn something every every week because i'm from a white irish family where but having, irish people are into having kids irish people are so into having kids but i think also there's been we've had such a progression at least one or two at least <laughs> one or two. it's true um no but we've uh, i mean like i'm my very fortunate from with Ireland, my and he was like asking if like somebody had kids or something and then i was like yeah yeah they do but like i think they divorced they're not with their wife or whatever and he was like oh that's sad <laughs> like wow no, you're really in tune with your emotions like, 
whoa <laughs> no but the thing is i've had this conversation with charles where like i actually don't really know anyone who's i do now obviously but i don't know anyone who's divorced really there's no one in my my family who's really separated yeah that's even, very amazing <laughs> yeah even even in my circle of friends i mean i'm sure that there will be someone that i'm forgetting about here but even my circle of friends growing up i think everyone's parents were together everyone in my family like including extended family are with their partners or their husbands or wives or whatever like and do you have anyone that's like i don't want to have kids do you have any old couples who are just hanging out together without a kid um, oh, um i don't know no it might have to be me and charles yeah i think it's, <laughs> it's a new it's a new it's a new thing and i just find that desire to not have children and then that whole anti-immigration thing like the cultural trends that are happening right now i would i'm really interested in seeing where we are in 20 years and maybe it's just down south where people are i don't want to have kids so the birth rate is going down Mm -hmm. in some european countries the birth rate is actually in decline right so you're actually not going to have as many young people as you need to support the the older people yeah yeah, so you're going to have to let people in to your countries yeah. <laughs> right so if you're somebody that is xenophobic and doesn't want to have children i would think twice we think that attitude yeah for we sure. think that because it has a huge impact <laughs> on like the makeup like the makeup of the society do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and it's a longer term effect there's more at play here so stressful so basically we don't have much time but i wanted to discuss the pretty patel thing yes so Priti patel is a foreign secretary she's foreign secretary yes but she was previously home secretary i think she's oh, home yeah, secretary no, no, no. right she's now home secretary sorry so for our listeners from abroad she is tory she's sitting in boris johnson's government yeah so, she's yeah. sitting in boris johnson's government and she's been accused of bullying her members of staff she's also incredibly xenophobic despite being the children of immigrants yeah, but that's a very deep thing. It's called self-hate. <laughs> it's very, like, deep. We can't actually go into we genuinely state of don't mind. For that. But, um, yeah, but she, she has some self-hate issues. So I'm part of the gender committee at work, like the mm-hmm. leadership team for our women's network. Oh, same. And, um, yeah. Woo! And it's really interesting, like, being a part of the network because everybody has really different views on, like, gender equality and, like, how we kind of achieve some of the things that we want to within our Mm -hmm. organisation. And so when it comes to Priti Patel, I feel like she has no integrity. I don't know how high-performing she is, but she's definitely someone that has no integrity. And I feel like when we're in a situation where you don't have many women, people like Priti Patel can get away with bad behaviour because they are like the only woman. So this is just Mm -hmm. one angle that you can look at this from. And I feel like one of the reasons why I'm passionate about gender equality and it is International Women's Day around the corner. International Women's Day, I think by the time we release this, we'll have just passed. We'll hopefully get this out on On Monday. Anyway, yeah, whatever. It's Um, coming up this week. But thinking about it in that context, it's like you need to actually create the environment where women can be successful, where women can thrive and you can have like as close to 50 50 like leadership mm-hmm. so that bad women don't get to stay in positions yes. of power just oh because God. they're women so when i think about her i feel i feel like she's there because she's a woman and she's a woman of color well there's a really i wish i would and I'll she she got to go article. she has to go but there's a really interesting article that i read about this and it was long before we ever started 
you know, recording this podcast, becoming, I guess, media personalities. Mm. Um, no, but it was talking about specifically the right wing and how the, the kind of tokenism that plays within right wing politics. Mm. So you'll have people like Tammy Lauren or Pretty Patel, all of Candace these, Owens, Candace Owens as well, because ultimately the message that they're is it Ben Carson too? Yeah, and the message that they're given is listen. There are so few of you in this party. Imagine how quickly you can escalate because the right wing always want to have poster children. Yeah. They always want to be like, well, no, how ridiculous. We've got a woman and more than that, she's a woman of color, actually. So we're going to get her front and center. Exactly. And your rise through the ranks can be so rapid. Like, Tommy Lauren is another, I feel like I keep saying her name wrong, but anyway, you all know who I'm talking about. She Tommy was, Lauren, yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. I've never said, I think <laughs> I've that's tried not to talk about her in public, so I only ever end up reading her name. She was liberal. She was left, left wing. Mm. But obviously, you know, young, blonde, pretty, quote unquote, women in the, the left liberal media are ten a penny. So what she needed to be was a young woman who was actually vehemently opposed to the left. Mm. And then bam, suddenly here you go. Yeah, Do you want to show on Fox? Yeah. Like and and that is what kind of happens here, which is why you've got to be prepared to take things with a grain of salt. Like, I mean, we could make this a really right wing podcast. <laughs> and I think we would be top of the Apple podcast charts. Yeah, no, no, it would. And I think that's why with Pretty Patel, I don't know if she actually believes what she says or if it is paying lip service yeah part of her just building a brand and just trying to accumulate mm -hmm. power i mean look at the other people who it's worked for until it stopped working for them yeah katie hopkins yeah you know she who knows if she believed half the vile crap that yeah. came out of her mouth but she was making bank on it yeah but in this so, context do you think they're gonna have to get rid of her I mean, there's a, been a third bullying accusation. So one of the accusations has actually included someone taking an attempt on their own life because she bullied them so badly. Mm, yeah. I don't know. It feels like there's so much going on and at the moment. And it's settled. So. And it's settled. Yeah. I think there's so much going on in the media at the moment. It could very easily quietly slip under the radar. I mm. doubt people on a global level are talking about this. No, but Whereas, the person that quit on Sunday. He's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, sir something something, sorry I forgot your name. <laughs> but like, I was like, mate, you messed with the wrong one mm. with him. But he is, he's an older gentleman. Yeah, like long serving civil servant, very well liked, very well respected. Apparently he's brilliant, like incredibly smart. So I think that she actually... Sir Philip Rutnam. Yeah, I think she messed with the wrong one. So Sir Philip <laughs> Rutnam then has handed in his notice, has resigned. But also it's like, with something like this, Boris has got Pretty's back. And in this instance, how long can you see it out for? Like Philip Rutnam, if he's going to be like, no, no, you messed with the wrong one. As mm. you said, I'm going to see this through. Can you go up against the whole of the government? I feel like... You him, of course he can. He can, but like as in stamina wise I mean kind of do you Why know because not? sometimes you think like if oh, that you know other what, this lady is... that other colleague basically sued and it was settled for £20,000 why can't he yeah that's true I just think sometimes in these instances like you misgauge your own desire to actually see it through you might think like oh I, do you know what no, I've resigned and I'm no, going to take this person no, down and no. then sometimes you're like oh fuck it no actually because I've had friends in like situations with work where they've been bullied and you know i'm like you need to sue right mm -hmm. and typically it's like been female friends of mine and they're like i don't really have the energy 
do you know how many white guys are suing and getting settlements and buying <laughs> properties? I was literally walking down the road the other day and this guy was on the phone be like, yeah, he sued them. He got a great settlement. Another colleague of mine was saying about a friend in like in finance who like sued, got a crazy settlement. Like, trust me, like people have the energy <laughs> to get their money. Right. All right, then, Sir Philip, let's see what you've got. Sir Philip is about his damages. Well, also, I mean, I think that he has a much more rational approach. Look how that that became a national headline. Yeah, this is clearly a big deal. Like, we're not close enough to the sphere of power to understand. (laughs) But I was having dinner with a friend on the weekend, and her partner actually, like, through his work, had a meeting with, like, Sir Philip. Oh, right. And all that. He is brilliant, the most brilliant person. Like, this guy has power mm-hmm. and receipts okay <laughs> trust well, me Phoebe, it's a different you think he doesn't have energy to get his money i just think sometimes you know when you're coming up against the whole of the government like the whole boris, of the government it's very different with us we look at it like oh the government he looks at boris like who are you like whatever no because fix they're all from teeth. the same yeah fix your teeth <laughs> because they're all from the same social group yeah 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 that's true so that's it's not true. like the government it's like oh that annoying kid boris like it's not yeah the same gravity that we have we, we common we folks outside yeah. of the sphere of power would that's look at fair it. actually and that's yeah, a good yeah. way of it's putting it it's a completely it. different ball game mm-hmm. it's not like little <laughs> so it's not like me coming up against the spa <laughs> trying to fight the government <laughs> i don't know i guess we'll see where it plays out we'll see where it plays out but i do think because i was listening to a podcast actually pivot which is a tech podcast and one of my favorite podcasts and scott galloway was saying we need to have more women ceos right Mm -hmm. because what's happening is when you've got bad female ceos like ceo of yahoo was not doing a good job ceo of ibm not doing Mm -hmm. a good job but because they're not enough women ceos it's so difficult to unpluck Mm-hmm. the bad female CEOs. And yeah. I feel like Pretty Patel is like a really good example. That's why diversity is really important because, and this is what I was saying to one of my mates, because he's senior in his organization and he's fed up with this diversity thing. And I was oh, saying, no. but how many women within your organization are you mentoring? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not creating that pipeline of talent to come in, one day there'll be a job and people will say it has to go to a female who might yeah. not even, might who not might be, not. Quali- be yeah, qualified. Yeah, yeah. Pretty Patel <laughs> might be a bully, <laughs> right? So this is something I've just been thinking about in terms of like gender equality and actually trying to shift the culture. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see how it goes. I think that we've had like quite a successfully upbeat podcast today. Yeah, yeah. Bucking, Not as depressing as the last yeah. five episodes. Bucking the trend of our like trigger warnings. So Oh yeah, no trigger warnings this week. No trigger warnings Woo! this week. We'll do a spoiler Woo! alert, even though I don't really think that we have to, because we'll you probably what? all see a spoiler alert. Just in case people haven't seen Love oh, is Blind. Oh no, I don't think people like, I think people who listen to us might not even really care about Love is Blind. <laughs> Sorry guys. No, I think loads of people, I put it up on my Instagram and I literally got pages of responses. People being like, can't wait to hear you discuss it. Oh my God, I loved it. Nice. Yes, like all of this kind of stuff. Okay, and that's I was like, good. Didn't know how to respond to be like, oh, I literally hated it. But okay. Uh, I loved Jules. it. I can't wait. <laughs> at me, guys. At me. I'm at Black Acrylic on Instagram. Let's <laughs> discuss this, guys. Right. Let's discuss. Because for me, it was so in my mind. And um, me and my friend Jules, right? My other friend Jules. I was like, what? We're literally like obsessed. 
Oh, guys, just as a final note, please, 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 please rate, review, and subscribe. I know that it's so cringe, and I know that everyone says it's not cringe. Support your friends. Support. Share the podcast with a friend. (laughs) Rate us on the platform that you're listening to us on and reach out to us at Jules Freebie on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. And when you rate us or when you review us, it enables other people to to find us as well, which is great because we love that so many of our friends listen to us and engage with us. But it's also trying to like find a new audience as well and people that we might not otherwise come upon the radar of. So thank you so much. Love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.